0: DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 the zone. We are brought to you in part by Mark Miller Subaru. Time to welcome in Frank Dolce, former Utah quarterback, broadcaster, Utah football expert, and our college football insider. Frank, good morning.
1: Hey, good morning, guys. I uh, hope you're doing well.
0: We are We're doing, doing well. great. Frankie D, how the hell are you?
1: My guy. There he is. PK from the South Bay. Absolutely. Hey man, I don't, I don't, I don't, want to get this started off on the wrong note, but um, I, I just wanted to give you a heads up. Old Coach Featherstone's having a, having a rough time. Uh, you may have heard about it. There's a GoFundMe page out there right now. Yeah. Um, if you wanted to go take a look, but yeah, my my old El Camino, my favorite coach of all time, Johnny Featherstone, is struggling a little bit. But uh, man, what a what a great guy, what an influence he's been on. Hundreds and thousands
2: of lives. Yeah, he's a legend in the Californ- uh, California JC ranks, that's for sure. Put many guys into D1 and obviously even beyond.
1: Yeah, no question. Great, great, great man.
0: Frank Dolce made the move from the South Bay, El Camino JC, to the University of Utah, is now settled here in this community. Frank, this is hands down. The most bizarre football season, do you know less about the Utes at this point than you've ever known?
1: Yeah, well, yeah, probably at this point, I am guessing in the next couple of weeks we'll get'll we'll, we'll get a whole you know we'll get all of this information kind of like a fire hose on us, but uh, yeah, I mean it's just such a strange strange year for many uh, reasons. You know, the least of which to me is is college football, but but now that we're getting back to to having a little bit of competition and college football on TV, and you know, I I feel like that's a really it's a really good step forward for everyone, for society, and for the, the for the community, and and for people who who are struggling with this this craziness that we're dealing with on a daily basis.
2: So Kyle has his Zoom conference call last week, talks about the season, exciting practice, getting underway this week and all that. And he keeps listing as a three-man race. And anytime you have a quarterback race, that's going to be the highlight of every single training camp, no matter what level, really. And he lists three guys. Do you buy it's a three-man race?
1: Well, I think that, that he's probably getting three guys reps, but – Two of those guys are probably getting, you know, ninety percent of the reps combined. So, um, and I, so I, I think it's it's there's probably some truth in the statement. It's a three-man race, but in reality, it's it's a two-man race with a with a third guy that's a little bit further behind. Very super talented, but not quite on the level of the other two guys.
0: So we can sit and go nuts over this, but when they run out there on the seventh, it's going to be Bentley, isn't it?
1: Bet you think?
0: Yes. What do you think?
1: I don't know. I don't know. I I I was I was talking to the guys yesterday, and we were going back and forth. I gave the slight edge to Rising. I think that Bentley is, um, like they're 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 not necessarily distinct in their differences in their talents, although I would say that um, Bentley is a more accomplished passer and an adequate runner, and the opposite is probably true of Rising. He's, he's a more accomplished athletic runner and an adequate, maybe more than adequate, passer. So I think that Coach Ludwig could win with both of those guys, and um, and I, I guess it just depends on on what he's trying to get out of that, that quarterback position based on the other talent that he has around. So I would say if he has a strong running game, which he he should, and he has um, you know in super talented athletic receiving group, then maybe you go with Bentley. And if you have a strong running game and um, a marginally talented receiving group, then maybe you go with rising. So maybe the whole thing rests on how you evaluate the receiving group.
2: Yeah, that's interesting to see how the other guys around the quarterback – would and could and most likely will affect the decision on which quarterback you're going to play. And Ludwig seems to have a firm grasp of it. I thought last season was just phenomenal in his play calling. I thought that it was the best that they've had probably since they've been in the Pac-12 and, and, or maybe since Norm Chow because I thought with winning eight games or so, what they did with John Hayes was just walking on water type stuff. but. One of the things that I saw from Andy last year, as he said the year before, is that we're always criticizing Tyler Huntley running too much, you know, keeping the ball. And I remember Andy in the spring ball, so it's the spring before Tyler's senior year. He's saying, well, plays that I'm going to call, Tyler won't have to worry about making a decision because I'll make the decision and he'll just do what I tell him to do and then we'll be fine. And so that's what happened, and Tyler has a massive senior season, obviously, right? And so I'm wondering if you have the same type of thing now with the offense. How much do you think that Andy, I don't want to say dumb down, but is going to take the pressure off the quarterback so the decisions basically will be made upstairs and you just got to follow through of what we're telling
1: you to do? Well first of all I don't think you and I could be more aligned on the on the thought about the offensive coordinator and specifically Norm Chow during his time. I thought that that run that he had with John Hayes making plays was unreal and the ability to go down and win a bowl game in El Paso unbelievable. So yeah, you and I are right on the same page on that. And I feel like the all of the experience that Andy Ludwig gained and earned outside of his time at the University of Utah really gave him a different perspective on that on that position, on the offensive coordinate coordinator position. and what he did last year was just you know maximize the talent that he had available. I think he it was clearly the case with Tyler Huntley. and so i I still think that you know that's why I say I think he'd be successful with either quarterback because Based on last year, I think that he's gained this ability to just tweak his offense to maximize the talent that he has on the field. So um, I I feel comfortable with with whatever decision that he makes that he's going to be able, that, that they're going to have success. Um, and and certainly that you know lots of things go into that, I, and I failed to mention that you know what's happening up front and the offensive line and how critical they are to the how the offense succeeds or doesn't succeed. But but I think what what Andy Ludwig showed us last year and his ability to take that group that you know at, at times it's fair to say they struggled in the previous two or three years, and and when he took the reins. They they became, you know, like a like this well oiled machine averaging over thirty points a game. So I'm I'm a big believer in Andy Ludwig.
0: So the O-line is supposed to be good. Kyle has said that. We see Keithia tight end. Most of the receiver core is back, so there's a lot of positives there. So how's the running game gonna be? The line should make it good, but is there a back who's gonna, in Kyle Winningham's words, run violently and just Pretty reliable be able to get four or five yards behind that O line.
1: I think at this point we believe there's a couple guys, maybe three guys that can do that. And so I my my guess is leading into the first two two, maybe three games of the season, we'll have a we'll have a running back by committee, which isn't my favorite thing, but but if you have some really talented guys and you know, you you have to give everyone a shot. It's just really difficult to, to manage that in practice and then, and then figure out and name a starter in practice and then go with that guy without testing everybody else. So um, I, I, I I just think that we'll go into the season. um, We'll have two or three guys in the running back group. And then hopefully one of those guys will, Emerge. You know, Jamal, Jamal Anderson, who was, you know, one of the great running backs in, in Utah history. If you watched him practice, you would send him. you would probably just send him over to the scout team and say, Hey, go, you know, go be our opponent this week because you're not helping us at all. And then, and then on, you know, Saturday afternoons, then he was a superstar. So I think it's sometimes it's hard in, in practice to figure out which, which, is, which guy is going to be the guy until you get them under the, the lights on a Saturday.
2: Yeah, the way I look at Utah's running game is basically they talk about next man up. I'm not sure any position epitomizes next man up at at Utah than running back. Who's going to be our next 1,000 yard rusher? I mean, Boise State has had like uh, some phenomenal, phenomenal run of over 10 years of a thousand yard rusher, whether it's Brumfield or whomever. I'm expecting the next dude to just take the ball and run with it, literally. And I kind of like saying that.
1: I, 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 uh, I think that's. I think there's a lot of truth in that, and it's certainly a. A position group where utah has has had significant focus on recruiting and and not only that but but over the the Kyle Whittingham era for better or for worse it it's just been the foundation of the offense i mean we, we everybody wants to talk about the quarterback and what the quarterback is going to do and but but the the foundation of that offensive group for the entirety of Coach Whittingham's career has just been the the running game. And so you recruit to that, and you build around that, and the result is where Utah's is today, where, like you said, it kind of feels like, you know, insert the guy here and, and, and get 1,000 yards from that position group. Yeah.
0: So the schedule is out. Oregon State's the crossover game. There are two Friday games on the road, which – a lot has been made about you know how fair that is to the road team, blah blah blah. You take all that into account, and you expect four and two, five and one, six and zero. What are you thinking?
1: Oh, uh, well, I think there's a chance that they go undefeated. I mean, I, I, there are there are years when I've looked at the with Utah football team and I thought, well, undefeated is going to be really, really unreasonable. But I think it's reasonable. I think it's reasonable this year. I think. There's some key – and in the crossover game, you know, I mean, that, that's just – I think that's a great draw for, with Oregon State. So um, I, I, I think the talent in the South right now resides obviously at USC. There's always talent at USC. But I, I just – as much as I like Clay Helton, I don't know that he maximizes the talent he has available. Because if he did, I think those guys would just – run through everybody but so but i think the talent is hard to overcome at usc and i i just have this weird thing with arizona state like i it's a, it's is that pick, i'm picking those guys in my top three I, in fact i may put them in the top in the south with usc and utah as the three and so i think that's where where utah if they have struggles that's where i would see them having struggles usc and Arizona State, I think they can get through everybody else, so you know an undefeated season is is very possible a one loss season is more likely, and I think maybe a two loss season might be you know you might think that's a little on the verge of being disappointing but um, but I think anything worse than a two loss season is kind of
2: disastrous. So we've seen, obviously, no fans in the stadiums at BYU. They're boogieing at the drop of a hat, Kalani's dancing and whatnot. And I know at Utah, you know, they had the crazy lady. I'm advocating that the start of the third or fourth quarter, whenever it is, Kyle becomes the crazy man, and he starts dancing on the sidelines to get his ball club fired up for the fourth quarter. What do you think of that?
1: I... I typically agree with lots of your ideas, and I will. I'm going to go hard pass on on Coach Whittingham dancing. Not just because I think it, it, it's not his um, his person like that doesn't fit his personality at all. And Which you know makes it even well better. Yes, you don't know you know him as well as anybody else, but I think this <laughs> this thing that he's built, this thing that he's built up. You know this kind of uh you know the 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 stiff chin the you know commander on the sideline in control of everything that's happening and uh, it's all I an think act. all of that all of that could be destroyed in the mess in a matter of seconds, if if Coach Whittingham starts doing the running man on the sideline.
2: Well, how about, you know, they start over the loudspeaker for home games, they play the intro to Saturday Night Fever, and Kyle's just strutting down the sideline.
1: I think the best thing I could see Coach Whittingham doing is, you know, to to have that music start playing and to have this whole thing worked up and have him step out a few yards onto the field and then just to stand there with his arms crossed that's it just stand and listen that would be his halftime entertainment that seems that seems much more in line with his personality okay
0: Frank as always we appreciate a few minutes especially on Kyle's dance moves or lack thereof or need for whatever
1: it's I would 21 nothing.
0: It's 21 nothing, and Kyle Whittingham's doing the sprinkler. Okay, that's great. <laughs> yeah,
1: I would pay to see a dance-off between Coach Whittingham and PK. I'm up for it. Oh, wow. Pay-per-view. You, s- you schedule the
2: time and place, <laughs> and I'll bring my gold chains, I'll highlight my dark chest hairs, and we'll be ready to go. Put it on the Pac-12 I'd network pay-
0: so a lot of people don't have to watch it.
1: <laughs> I'd pay to see that. Are you going to go, like, 70s? Dance, music, oh, yeah. or are you going to go like yeah. hip-hop?
0: No, 70s. I
1: I think I might go low,
2: low, 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 low. I don't know. Wherever, wherever, <laughs> my, my philosophy is always go where the music takes me.
1: <laughs> well, you know what? That is a great life philosophy. You just go where the music takes you. <laughs> Man, you guys are the best. It's great to catch up with you.
0: Good to hear from you, Frank. We'll talk to you more as the season kicks off. Thanks a lot.
1: All right. Thanks, guys. We'll see you.